We're gonna make a podcast about Death Note and I'll get my friends to watch it on TV. I already showed them a couple shows so they have trusted me. Maybe, kinda. Good morning, good evening, good whatever it is, wherever you are, and welcome back to Sudden But Inevitable, the podcast that turns longtime friends into first-time fans. I, of course, am your host, Vanilla Husband, a.k.a. Captain Boot Scoot, a.k.a. Jesse. And I am captaining this season of Sudden But Inevitable, season four, through the anime series Death Note. Now, of course, to do that, I need anime-resistant first-timers who have never seen the show before. And the first of those is aforementioned longtime friend Josh, the head of the Twist My Arm podcast network and the host of Quest Me. Josh, welcome back to Sudden But Inevitable. How are you doing this week? I am good. I am, I am good. Yeah. Uh, I'm a little sad because it was the last week of Quest Me for a while. Um, but I'm also really happy because the Avalanche won the Stanley Cup. Um, because Jesse was on the last episode of Quest Me, which was the finale of this season of Quest Me, and you should go listen yeah. to it and check it out. Also, that other thing. Yeah, that that yeah that other thing. But no, um, I'm really excited for that episode to drop. I just finished editing it today, so it's going to come out tomorrow. Um, Trev is here to say hello if you can't hear her. She is very loud. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, we do have one other person to bring into the room with us before we say hello to all the wonderful people in our live chat. And that third person, of course, is Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. How are you doing this week, my friend? Welcome back to Sudden But Inevitable. I am doing good. It's been a good week. It's been a lot of hard work. Uh, but, you know, I'm really excited to be back here for the podcast. As much as I love taking a week off, it is fun to get back in the seat and hit it again. And uh, just so for Angelus, uh, yes, Jesse might have been the main singer in our theme song and he might have put everything together, but we all contributed. Uh, that's sort of the MO for the entire show. I, I will throw that out there personally. Uh, I put everything together. Everybody contributes, but Ricky D is right. We couldn't do it. Uh, none of us could do it alone. None of us could do it without the rest of us. And there is nothing else that we would rather do on a Friday night that doesn't have a ginormously important hockey game going on or Josh driving across the country or, you know, that sort of a thing. So, now that we have introduced everyone that we are going to, let's really quickly say hello to everyone in our live chat. Hello to Rona, hello to Callie, hello to Angelus, hello to Brittany, and I, I have to say, to have people in our live chat with us every week is just, it's something we really appreciate, and I want to say thank you. So thank you for being here with us, and thank you out there in podcast land, those of you that listen but don't join us live. I value you just as much as the people here in the live chat. It's just that the people here in the live chat get called out by name, as you may have noticed. And trust me, our reviewers have noticed. Now, gentlemen, as I mentioned, we are here to discuss Death Note. It is a single season anime. Neither of you is a huge anime fan. This isn't your first anime. But before we jump into this week's coverage of Death Note, is there anything else that you have been watching that you think the wonderful folks out there ought to take part in? Ricky D, let's start with you, because Josh is going to give the same answer he gives every week. Uh, well, I think Josh might have a different answer this week, but it might be the same as mine. Uh, Stranger Things Season 4 came out recently. I kind of watched the first season, maybe the second season when they came out. 
And I was like, oh, this is good. This is whatever. And now I've, I don't know, I'm watching Stranger Things with new eyes. And this is a really amazing show. I'm sure there's nobody in the sound of my voice that doesn't already know how great Stranger Things is. But I just want to reinforce that that's an incredible TV show. And I will echo that. I watched, actually finished watching the last two episodes today of season four, and my God. Um, but I will also say that the new Beavis and Butthead movie is hilarious. It's on pa- Paramount Plus. It came out like a few days ago, and it's uh, it's top notch. You should check it out if you if you were a fan of Beavis and Butthead back in the day, or if you just like the dumb dumb comedy that is that show check it out mike judge does dud dumb comedy probably better than anybody else Man, and they're they're coming out with a new series again which is really exciting um because i mean i loved that show back in the day and so the way that they bring beavis and butthead into this time period is ridiculous but awesome at the same time <laughs> i still have not watched anything new on netflix um <laughs> since cowboy bebop was canceled speaking of we can guess what you've been watching <laughs> i'm just saying i have been watching a lot of star trek and i don't need netflix to do that so that is where i stand personally now that we have that out of the way gentlemen let's go ahead and talk about this week's episodes of death note which of course are episodes 19 and 20 which are titled matsuda and makeshift so, of course, Matsuda is our first episode here, episode 19. Josh, this is the first instance of, uh, of Matsuda really feeling all that weight, and, and he decides, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something about that. How, how are you feeling going into this episode? I know at the end of our last episode, which is a while ago now, you were really excited for sort of this new setup that we have. It's not that the game board is a new game board. It's just that there's new pieces on the game board now, and they're maybe moving in a different way. So how are you feeling going into this week's episodes? It's feeling fine. Um, when I saw the title of this week's episode, the first one, I was like, oh, man, he's going to do something crazy, isn't he? He's he's going to do <laughs> something nuts. Because he's been kind of, over the last few episodes, I, I feel like he's been feeling left out or feeling like he could do more or something. And so... You know, basically at the very beginning of this episode, you see that he that comes to fruition and he's like, yeah, I'm just going to go up there. It's Friday. I'm going to go up there and see what's up. And he does. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Like, what? What are you thinking? Why would you do that? I mean, we know why he, he does it, right? It is still still crazy, but we we know why he did it. Um Ricky D, I'll ask you a similar but different question. What did you think of the beginning of this episode with uh, Misa dressed up as an angel for this photo shoot? <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, it was interesting. I liked seeing Misa away from everyone. Uh, she was no longer under Light's thumb. She's no longer uh, being monitored by the police. She's just kind of doing her thing. Uh, you know, she's still kind of the same person. She's still extremely obsessive. She's still uh, way too into herself, all of these different things. But it was nice to see her in a new environment. Don't forget she's got a boyfriend. No no kissing. Yeah. I thought that was, was it a movie or a photo shoot? I thought it was a movie. Well, it's, it's a shoot. 
I, di- I didn't. I don't know that I said photo shoot. I think I said shoot. Oh, okay, which okay. Could okay. apply to a movie or a commercial or photos why, yeah. or yeah, really but. any number of videographed production. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Videographized. <laughs> I don't. I don't remember how to. Uh, but we we do have uh, Matsuda taking matters into his own, uh, you know, maybe slightly incapable hands here in this episode, and and this is a th- I think a feeling that people have had before that's relatable where you're at work and you're going I should be doing something <laughs> like I don't have anything that I sh- that I have to be doing right, but like shouldn't I be doing something? And then you know of course you you figure something out. <laughs> But, Most of the time. Well, speak for yourself. So what Matsuda <laughs> does, though, is like puts himself directly in danger. And, and we'll definitely get to it. But we have... Phil in the chat says that Matsuda is his favorite. That's that's totally fair. Um, I believe Matsuda is what American audiences would refer to as a cinnamon roll, I think. <laughs> what? Um, Go Wait, hang on. What does that, what does that mean? Warm and sweet. And kind of soft, gooey. Okay, <laughs> Philip says, "Yup." Okay, <laughs> so I gotta, I gotta imagine that means I nailed that. So, <laughs> you, usually he would offer some sort of like caveat or explanation there. So I think, I think we're good. Uh, Watari calls and says somebody is calling uh, for Eduardo Coyle and is offering to pay for the identity of L. And it's in this moment. <laughs> That we find out that L is not only the best detective in the world. He's actually the top three best detectives in the world. What do you guys feel about that? Like, was that a, of course he is, I like this, or was this a dumb development? Ricky, let's start with you. I really liked it, actually. I feel like I should have been rolling my eyes at that, but I was like, you know what? With the way everything is going, uh, the way L already is, he's, he's taking this entire investigation himself. He is not letting the police in on this he is totally walling the police out of this of course he's the top three best detectives like if we looked up the top five best detectives i'm sure l had his hands in the next two people beneath him if he is only the top three he's probably got his hands on four and five just teaching them something somehow involved what do you think josh i i just really liked how he explained it how he was like, yeah, so I did this just in case someone starts, you know, catching on to me. Uh, then they're going to try to catch on to this guy and it's just going to be me the whole time. So surprise. And then and then he offers a strawberry <laughs> to the dude to keep a secret, <laughs> which made me giggle a lot. Uh, and Mochi puts that in his pocket. <laughs> yeah. He like Why? immediately is like, oh, no, yeah, I got that and puts it in his pocket. He's like, that's mine. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> like he's he's going to hold on to that, which I thought is funny. I also thought it was funny when uh, he was like, I see what's up. He's like, you wish you had some cake. I'm sorry. And he's like, what? No, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's that, that very subtle projection that we all do, right? Where we go, oh, I assume you would you would want the things. That would be, that would be what I would do if I were in that position. Right. But we have to remember, he's not normal. Sorry, Josh, go ahead. No, I didn't I didn't have anything else. I just said right. I'm just agreeing with you. So we have a a bit of a situation here. So Matsuda sneaks into this building and runs kind of a 
a far distance, right? If we're being honest, um, which is good. He's in better shape than I think probably most of the people on on the team. Um, but he he basically hears like evil corporate meeting before the evil corporate meeting when he's when he's on his way in, and he's like, "Whoa, that could be that could be some serious like Kira style stuff. Like, we should go. I should go check this out." And I remember the first time that I saw this when he was leaning against the door. I kept going, okay, somebody's going to catch him. Like, he's going to turn around and there will be, like, five guards behind him with guns drawn or something, right? How did you guys like this development of him just straight falling through the door? Like, I was initially terrified. Josh, go ahead. I at first thought he was talking to himself when he was at the door. Like he was just thinking to himself. This show gets me so much with that mm. because there's a lot of inner monologue that happens throughout this entire show. And there are times where I, I think that they're talking like out loud and I'm like, oh my God, shut up. But it definitely wasn't him talking. And so, you know, then he like hears these key words, you know, kill Kira. Oh my God. He gets so excited. It's like, like he got so excited he fell through the door but i also feel like someone opened the door it kind of seemed like someone opened the door and, and he fell through because he was leaning so hard on it they could probably hear him breathing <laughs> it was a very anime moment yeah well yeah and and like a almost free uh, like freezing in time like ah right sorry go ahead. <laughs> yeah. yeah i wanted to comment on what josh was saying uh there is a moment fairly early in this episode where light is considering if he could be kira and mm. i thought he was having this entire inner monologue and l is kind of commenting on what i thought was an inner monologue it was it wasn't until the end of that scene that i realized they were actually openly talking to each other right so i have that exact same confusion sometimes about oh, are they talking to themselves and yeah well and it, i mean it sort of fits because l is confused right like because he's sort of, I mean, it should be said, he's sort of confused here because he's let his guard down because he's kind of like being friends with Light, sort of, right? Like, he's like, okay, here's what's going on. You know, this is this is the deal. Oh, my bad. You must want some cake, right? Like, <laughs> he's, he's hearing the words, but he's not listening, right? So he, it's like, yeah, it's a... I mean, or maybe it just feels that way, right? Because later on, he, he does some things where we're like, Okay, he's not he hasn't totally let his guard down, right? But I did I really liked that that interaction and it's like man to have so many subtle character moments in I mean honestly every episode of the show, right? But in a, in any 22 minute episode to have like psychological developments going on <laughs> where the the three of us are like what is happening and which <laughs> thing do I need to pay attention to? What's a red herring like that's very impressive to me. And and I think it comes from having a serialized story that you have planned from the start, right? Like they're going, okay, here's the entire story. We'll tell it from beginning to end. And we know, you know, what our up and down beats are and that sort of thing. So uh, just a couple comments that we'd have to point out from the chat here. Brittany says, the strawberry. He put it in his pocket. So funny. Callie loved the strawberry. Callie also totally wanted the cake. I I get that. Um, there is a holiday weekend in the United States this weekend. So when my wife and I were at the store today, there were so many cakes out just like those 
those demonstrably large sheet cakes, right? That have those like awful a, sheet cakes where you could buy yeah. a pie for much cheaper and it'd be <laughs> yeah. way better. Yes, pies 100%. over cake, people. Yeah, and waffles over pancakes. I 100 percent yes. agree with you, Ricky. Um, but it was it was one of those things where I was like, if I see enough of these awful cakes, I may purchase one. <laughs> like, because I every time you see it, your mouth does that. Like, oh, it, like you know that's gonna taste awful, but you mm. know exactly how it will taste, <laughs> right? Like, the frosting, especially. But you you know that for the end of the afternoon, you don't have to do any schoolwork and you get to have some crappy cake. <laughs> Ugh. That's what it makes you think of. I yes, that, like, something along those lines. Mouth staining, crunchy, like Ooh, icing. Yeah. You know what I'm talking? Oh, yeah. I was gonna say like um, office lunchroom birthday party style <laughs> cake, yeah. where you're like you're in the office lunchroom and you're like, it is cake, right? Like, yeah, sure, it's cake, but like it's not cake with a capital C, and and it's it. it we digress as we as we often do. What's um, your favorite kind of cake? I know I know Ricky I, likes pie, but what's your favorite kind of cake? Are you asking Ricky? Yeah, both of you. Okay, go Ricky. You go first. Uh, I don't even know. Don't say the that. best answer is cheesecake because it's kind yes, of a thank pie. You. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, I, I'm a red velvet guy myself, but all right. <laughs> okay, so. Uh, I'm going to throw this out here. Official sudden but inevitable stance. Red velvet cake, overrated. That's all there is yeah. to it. Wow. So we have Callie D saying, I love Matsu falling through the door. I'm proud of him for coming up with that cover story on the spot, though. I mean, it's sort of his regular cover story. Like, it's just a detail from his cover story that would make sense, right? But he definitely improvised the details, so I agree with you there. Uh, friend Phil in the chat says homemade Guinness chocolate cake. I will take Phil's word for that because Sounds I have never not good, been actually. willing to take Phil's word for a thing. So, um, but that's gotta be a thick cake. Yeah. Is it, is thick cake like a, a euphemism? Like two C's like thick cake. <laughs> is that like that? That Guinness cake got hips. <laughs> now I don't even understand what you're saying. My bad. So, <laughs> don't don't mean to confuse. If the I'm live, sorry. <laughs> if it's okay, if the live chat wants to explain to me what thick cake with two C's means, I would assume yeah, that would be helpful. It's probably it nice feels like moist. it's slang that I've heard the kids say, the youths, if you will. <laughs> so, I have a question here. Did you guys notice that Matsuda gets his own Death Note like color? No. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he gets yellow. So, yes, he gets yeah. Matsuda gets a yellow shade in much the same way that like Light gets a red shade and L gets a blue shade throughout the series. I like that they give him like a I don't even know what the word is for that, like main character lighting, I guess, like yeah. his own color palette or something. It's like on a um, stage when someone shows up and they shine the blue on them or the yellow. Right. But yeah, it's it's like a it it's it's it, it's kind of like the characters in the Cowboy Bebop live action series that we watched, right? Where they all have sort of a color that they're frequently associated with when they're on screen. Or the Power Rangers. Um, Just yes. that out there. <laughs> I mean, not quite to that degree, but yes. Um what did you guys think of the I'll ask you first, Ricky. What did you think of the plan to say um hey M- Misa could be like your 
spokesmodel, right? Like, and then basically they all decide, okay, let's put him in another room while we talk about this. What did you think was going to happen here? Uh, well, he needs to find out a way to survive. So are, is this the moment when he ran into the bathroom stall? So or this is when he, that? this is before that. So he's still at the company and they're trying to decide, okay, should we just kill this guy? Like, <laughs> what right. should we do with this guy? <laughs> I was basically just kind of waiting to see where it would go. I knew he had already activated his belt buckle. I knew L was kind of formulating a plan. So I, I didn't think he was going to be killed immediately. I was just kind of waiting to see how L was going to save him. Well, and I like that he has the... I mean, basically, it's decided, okay, we have to kill him anyway, right? But they figure, you know what? Like, let's go see what he has to say and maybe at least meet the model, right? <laughs> and then Misa in a bit of a twist, uh, hires a bunch of her model friends <laughs> to come hang out and go to a party. And that seems to be the straw that breaks the corporate camel's back, right? We actually, one of the guy's lines was something like, you can't go wrong with this, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, but even like way before that, when, when Matsuda is just sitting there kind of like contemplating his life, he gets a call from L. And this was hilarious because it's like bro out. The surfer dude. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, hey man, you wanna you wanna go get some drinks tonight or something? And which is I love that because it's similar to when he picked up the phone. Uh, what was it? Th- who did he call earlier? He was like, hi, I'm somebody from this other division, and I have a report to file about this thing. Like this is the second or third time we've seen him pretend to be somebody else on the phone, just very casually, but very effectively. I do feel that his pauses were a little too long. So he'd be like, Hey Matsu, what's up, man? And Matsu would be like, Uh Oh hey, yeah, what's up? And then he would go, Matsu is saying he's in trouble. Hey, so (laughs) it was like it was a little bit, you know, exposition y. Right. Well, if but, we're gonna if we're gonna nitpick, then how did the other guys on the other line not hear him go? He's in trouble. You know, I mean, I guess you could kind of cover the thing up, but like, yeah, it's a 2007 cell phone, so it's probably not like you know really, really super great. Yeah. When he gets his second call with L, Matsuda has, I think, what we should just call a Chief Yagami moment, right? Where <laughs> as L talks, Matsuda's jaw gets wider and his mouth drops, you know, and he's like, oh, really? What? Like, when he's in the bathroom? This is this is the time yeah. when he's like, hey, I gotta go to the bathroom real quick. Like, right. Whoever does the voice acting for this guy does a really good drunk guy. Oh, I was gonna say he did an all right drunk guy. I thought like, he did a pretty good drunk guy. It's I high. thought he was terrible, so <laughs> I guess we run the spectrum. <laughs> It's difficult, right? Like, it's difficult to act drunk if you're not drunk. And mm-hmm. specifically, probably in the recording booth, because a lot of being drunk, I would think, goes against what you are taught as a voice actor. Like, don't slur your words and speak clearly and stay off of the mic, but be very close to the mic. You know, like, it's it's debatable. Uh, Kelly says, my Panda L was fully prepared to 
just not save Matsuda. It just happened to work out well enough that he didn't have to risk the entire case. I think he would have left him there otherwise. Yeah. And he does seem to intone that, right? Because he's like, look, I didn't tell Matsuda to do that. I was in the middle of explaining why nobody should do anything. <laughs> and then he did that. So if he dies, good dies on him. Dies. Not really, and not really my fault, right? Which is, uh, I don't know, is it fair? Maybe. I, Matsuda is furthering the investigation. He's gathering evidence, not right. necessarily the way L wants to, but he is increasing, you know, furthering the cause. And he did right. have a really good excuse for going up there, you know, trying to get them to hire Misa as their spokesperson. So it wasn't like too off the mark, I guess. It was. I mean, as a corporate executive, you'd think they'd be a little more suspicious even after the the girl shows up. But, I mean, whatever, slip on your, your pink slippers and hang out with the hotties for a little while, right? <laughs> the Sailor Moon that. people? Yeah. Yeah, they uh, they were like, we'll, we'll just, just palette swap the Misa outfit like a bunch of Mortal Kombat ninjas, right? And then we'll... <laughs> Give different hairstyles to all the models, and we'll call it a day. It'll be fine. <laughs> but pretty much, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, simple but effective, <laughs> I think, is the word I'm looking for. Um, and I will point out here, Ricky D. You had said, I think, I don't know when, because time is an illusion. But you had said that. Misa was kind of annoying you, and you felt she could be kind of dumb sometimes. And I pointed out that that's not true. That's actually mostly an act, and that we've seen her be very intelligent. I think this is an instant of that instance of that. She sees Matsuda doing all this stuff that's like ridiculous, and everybody is like, "Oh, dude, stop doing that! What are you doing?" And she goes, "Great job, yeah! Matsuda! You got this! You can do this! Like, you're all you're all over it." Now, I don't know how I feel about the plausibility of we threw a what was it maybe like a sack of rice over the the balcony so that the guy would see yeah, something falling and that? then we had an actor down there like what's going on but it was it was so they would hear something hit the ground right, right. like a and then when they look out there they would see uh oh man I can't remember uh, I love that it's our, our Iber new, it's our new Brangelina thing yeah. <laughs> it's the dude and he's just laying there going worst acting gig ever <laughs> well and we're like this guy's gonna infiltrate some stuff he's gonna be like super spy and it, like no he's gonna literally play dead with a, <laughs> with a wig on but what did you guys think about this this plan Ricky D this might be the most hmm, unbelievable this might, be the, this might be the thing you need to forgive the most parts of to to let it go right <laughs> yeah i uh, it's uh, it is ridiculous and silly and all these different things but i've kind of i'm allowing myself into the show at this point so you know yeah he's being a goof and doing a handstand on the balcony and then he falls on this mattress that magically collects him it's absurd but at a certain point i have to allow the story to unfold so what I, whether I think it's absurd or not, I have to put aside and just kind of let it be. Well, they did at least have them holding the party in that tower, right? So it was like 
in the headquarters tower, so at least the team could be there somewhat close enough. So it was like, it took me a minute to get that, though, because I was like, how did they get somebody there that fast? Like, what is going on? But then I figured, oh, it's it's in the place, because that's where Misa would entertain. Wait. Right. So L has the whole Yamaha Corporation inside his prison tower. <laughs> Yamaha. Or did they go to the thing? Because that's, that's like... That's what my question is, right? I think they all went to Misa's place for the meeting. And but Misa has a an entire floor right. on that tower. Right. And so, so they I'm went thinking to her that's floor. where they are. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It has to be. So so yes, to answer your question, Ricky, yes. He had everybody there and decided to let them go, if that's what you're about to say. <laughs> the entire Kawasaki Corporation. They're Yosubai, but yes. <laughs> It seems that way because he was, I mean, his whole point that he was explaining was, I don't think we should move yet. I don't think we should make a move yet, right? And then Matsu <laughs> kind of screws that entire thing up. So, and they, they actually announce his death and everything, right? Like, yeah. I, it, they got to replace him. Go ahead, Josh. It, 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 okay, you're right. It does have to be the most forgivable because the logistics of what they just did on there... Like, are, is each, like, balcony, like, let me see if I can do this right, jutting out a little bit more? Nah, he caught on the They're mattress. Straight, no, right, they, he caught on the mattress, but, like, it couldn't have even been that far jutted out for him to catch it. Mattresses fold. Right, it wasn't good jutted. Mattress. It wasn't jutted, it was like, it was like lane, right? So, he, it was like lane, it was a floppy mattress. I guess, man. It was not a rigid. It was not a rigid mattress. I guess. So I would take it more if you said was, box spring. But then they would have no flex, and there'd be no way to get it out there. And box spring, he would just fall right through and cut himself repeatedly. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I guess I'm just trying to think like how that worked because in order to catch him, they would have to push the mattress out far enough outside the balcony for him to hit it. If they were just jutting it out like six inches, there's no way a full human man could, could it was land like, on that. It was like a chance to work, I think, and, and they got very lucky that it worked. But because it's L, right, it, it just took... This is <laughs> even more it was confusing. a Japanese mattress. What, is, what does that even mean? <laughs> it means that it operates exactly how we saw it operate they're used to Death doing Man. this kind of thing in Japan, <laughs> where somebody jumps off a balcony and gets caught on a Japanese From mattress several below. floors down. Yeah, they That's the guys in Japan go when when somebody in Japan is gonna jump the the Japanese firefighters go get me a Japanese mattress. Is that what you're saying, Ricky? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Instead of works. holding the trampoline gotcha. at the bottom. Yeah. Oh, Lord. So, I mean. I I just think it's it's meant to be a, uh, <laughs> it's meant to be a, hey this could work if you don't think about it too hard right, so yep so I'm trying not yeah. to do but but they catch they catch him, and one dead person at a party full of uh, uh young models is enough to get everyone in this corporation to go maybe we should leave like. Now that somebody's dead, I mean, great that it's the guy we were hoping would be dead, right? Let's just, let's get that out of the way. But also, we should probably leave, like, right now. And 
do you guys think, importantly and specifically, did they bring the slippers home with them or did they leave the slippers at Mises' place? I'm not actually you always asking. Take, you <laughs> well, always take the complimentary slippers home. How do you know they're complimentary? Did they say that? Yeah, this could just be custom. It could just be something They weren't that... under lock and key. That means they're complimentary. Yeah, but what if Misa has some rule where she's like, don't bring your dirty slippers in here. You wear my pink fluffy bunny slippers and then leave them at the door. I don't know. I personally, it, I I would probably not have put the slippers on in the first place because I'd be like, I don't like, did somebody else wear these? Are these brand new? I don't know what the deal is. Like, but I think that's a thing. Like in 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 Japan, like you wear slippers instead of putting like you take your shoes off and put slippers on. So I would assume that Misa probably just has a stack of these pink slippers for guests when they come over. Do you? Don't you just take your shoes off? Do you also I, put slippers I on? I think you put slippers... Hang on, I'll Google this. You know what? Google Japan. <laughs> Google Japan and find out how the how the shoes work. All right. Now, this Yotsuba Corporation, basically, Mats- Matsuda, or Matsui, depending on what you want to call him, has been declared dead, and everybody is chilling back at the headquarters, including Matsuda, and they're watching this this meeting go on where they go, okay, who should we kill next? And then one of them is like, oh, no, I don't like this. I just don't like doing this. And they go, <laughs> you're totally dead. And then the next time they have a meeting, there are only seven people and not eight people. So that sort of brings us to the end of our first episode. If there is anything from episode 19 that you guys feel that I have jumped past that you want to discuss, now is the best time to do it. Let's start with you, Ricky. Is there anything from this episode that you got to talk about? Uh, just very briefly, I need us all to acknowledge that L has cameras directly pointing into the uh, toilet stalls in his <laughs> uh, tower. Well, it is a... He is a voyeur. Bastion of violation of civil liberties that they all are living in for the sake of catching Kira. So, uh, yes, I I think that that is probably there is probably a case to be made that L is exactly as sociopathic as Light, right? But yeah. in a much more palatable package, he's a lot easier yes. to chew. He he definitely does not care what anybody thinks around him and he does not heed anybody's advice it is his plan moving forward okay we have some answers in the live chat uh and i have the google i think it's pretty standard to wear slippers in someone's place or studio and normally the slippers are provided Brittany says yes in korean households as well kelly says at least that's the way it's shown in a lot of various animes Brittany says, take your shoes off before going into the house and put slippers on if you don't want to be barefoot no shoes in the house Phil says it is considered very rude to wear your outside shoes inside the house, mostly because they can damage the floors. House slippers would be common. Brittany says, I have slippers to wear instead of shoes, and I have a pair ready for my mom when she comes over. So I don't have slippers that I wear frequently. I use my slippers to like go to the garage. Sorry, Josh, go ahead. From webjapan.org, nearly all Japanese homes today have one or more Western-style rooms with wooden flooring or carpets. To prevent their socks from getting dirty and their feet from getting cold, most Japanese change into slippers after taking off their shoes, but slippers are not worn in rooms with tatimi mats. I'm sorry, did you actually Google Japan? I was kidding. When no, I, said Googled, Google Japan. I Googled 
Um, why do Japanese wear slippers in the house? <laughs> you don't need our live chat. Just told us all the information that you just. I said. wanted like an Way official answer, and there's like wow. an official answer there. Josh like doesn't trust you, live I chat. Sorry, I tried. I wish that he trusted you the way that I do. I believe everything you tell me because I know that you love us. Is there anything from episode 19 you'd like to discuss, Josh? Nope. <laughs> That's what I thought. With that, let's go ahead and move on to episode 20, our second episode of Death Note for this week, which of course is called Makeshift. Now, I I had a moment where, I, generally when we're watching through, I have a moment where I go, why is this episode called this, right? Um, usually it's really obvious. And with Death Note, they're all like one word titles, ally, uh, execution, um, confrontation, you know, things like that. So for this one, I'm thinking makeshift. Okay. I'm picturing a shack that it is built of like four pieces of wood and some tree branches and some other stuff because for me makeshift always is followed by the word survival shelter i don't know why (laughs) but mentally it is um that's just me though uh what it actually is is kind of like a plan that light comes up with on the fly uh we end up so this last episode ended with the yotsuba group and this episode starts with the yotsuba group who we do have uh, surveillance cameras on now and i it's this is a moment where they're all like we should kill this guy what if we kill that guy you know this that the other thing and this is the first moment where it feels like light is going i think i think it could be a way better kira than these people <laughs> like <laughs> like i'm not i'm not kira but if I were going to be, I would kick so much more ass than these people are. Like, they are doing this the wrong way. They're being incredibly obvious. Like, it's almost comical how sinister these people are. So we, we're getting this. Sorry, Josh, go ahead. So first thing, I do appreciate your universal knowledge, Callie. And second thing, I just assumed <laughs> that Makeshift was the name of the band that did that epic song at the beginning of this episode. <laughs> so Ricky, in our in our twist my arm slash sudden but inevitable group chat put a comment oh d- uh death note has a new song this week yeah <laughs> and i will be honest you guys when we started this i was thinking oh i should have i should have us record two theme songs right so we'll do the first theme song for the first part of the season and then we'll do a second version for this part of the season i could not figure out how to do this without like my neighbors calling the cops while I was in the middle of recording it. Like, there's no way to make this sound anything other than really, really intense. It's like, heavy. It is and, heavy. It is like some early I, system of a down type music that's just like yeah, in your face thrash. <laughs> what happened? What did you think about this song, Ricky? Uh, I actually really liked it. Uh, I, not only the song but the new visuals behind it. I really liked all of that. It's like, it's showing off some more new characters. Uh, there's bullets flying around the screen. There's Ryuk with an apple. Uh, it's all, it's like it's kicked up into a new, uh, you know, a new level. I turned it up to 11. I think it's interesting that you phrase it that way, and I agree with you, but also 
not a lot happens in this episode, like yeah. <laughs> as far as as plot advancement goes, right? Um, it's sort of like an instance in time episode where like a thing happens and we see that thing. Um, but it's sort of, I mean, like if this were in a live action series, it'd almost be a bottle episode. Like it almost just takes place <laughs> in the headquarters where they're going, okay, what do we do? Right. And the, the idea being, okay, we're the people who called, um, what is the name that they give? Eduardo, right? <laughs> We're the people that called the second greatest detective and told him to uh, to find L for us. What did you, Josh, what did you think of L's response to have Edward go, uh, no, tell him you'll do it for $10 million, but you need $2 million up front, and they have to pay you that $2 million no matter what just to not turn them in. I mean, he's just... This has got to be how he makes his money, right? He's just he's just conning people out of their money constantly because he's three different detectives. <laughs> like that's that's got to be how he's doing. Right? It. That's that, that's got to be how he he built this tower and everything because he's just like, yeah, pay me all this money, but also pay my friend all this money and my other friend all this money because we're all going to work on the case, but it's all me. So. Do you think that raises questions about his methods of solving crime? Like, up till now, is there a possibility that he's been like, oh, I could have solved that one, but I needed several million more dollars out of that person? No. I feel like if you have an opportunity to squeeze a few million dollars out of people, then, you know, <laughs> might as well for the cause. <laughs> it's it's fair. Now, to that point, part of the reason that I ask is because these the Yotsuba group says, okay, we're going to kill these executives, right? And the task force guys are like, okay, cool. We have them on tape saying, let's kill these guys. We have them saying, we have access to Kira. Let's go arrest them. And what does El say? No, we have to let those people die first so that we can know it's really them. Like, dude. Yeah. How much, like... You sort of arrested Misa on, like, very thin physical evidence. Well, (laughs) they had physical evidence. It was thin, but it was still physical. And then you imprisoned her, like, hardcore, chained her to a dolly for months with, with arguably less evidence than what you have on all these people, right? But... But he's still so convinced Why? that it's light that he doesn't right. want to actually go into this yet. He doesn't want to try and arrest these people and then have the news come out and be like, oh, they found Kira. And then all of a sudden, light comes back and starts killing people again. Well, and he's. It seems that he is having a slow, horrific realization where he's like, this is not good at this rate. And then he gets, you know, he gets cut off. Um,. But I think you're right that part of it is him going, like, I need to maintain some kind of handle on this. I don't know how to do that really, other than, as we have mentioned, be physically chained <laughs> to light, which he still <laughs> <Yeah>. is. <laughs> right. Um, but he's starting to think, like, okay, maybe light really doesn't believe he was Kira. That's fine. He totally was. I need to prove that he totally was, and I need to prove that he set up all these people in this room to be Kira. Because, I mean, Light looks at him and goes, look, dude, 
do you really believe after everything we've been through together? Like, we played very intense tennis together, okay? Do you still think I'm the kind of person that would just, like, hand out death and judgment based on my own whims and my own sense of morals? And L just very, very calmly says, yeah, definitely. <laughs> like, he's not giving up on that. you in a nutshell. Yeah. Like, he will die on that hill. And he's right. Like, that's the yeah. thing, is that he is yeah. right. <laughs> like, I think that's the most frustrating if, thing for uh, an audience member, is watching yeah. him be right the whole time, but then seeing Light just mess with his head. You, even though, at this point, Light doesn't even know he's messing with his head, because he doesn't remember being Kira. So, right. it's... it's Again, as as a watcher, you're like, man, screw you, Light. Nobody likes you anymore. Oh, I thought you were going to say as a watcher, you've sworn to never interfere. But yes, also <laughs> nobody likes Light anymore. But Light is kind of, you know, he, he's the one that comes up with this idea here where he calls, uh, give me one sec to pull up my notes, Namikawa. Hmm. And says, hey, I'm L. Here's what's going on. We've got you guys under surveillance, which is like, dude, why would you just tell them that? But if you think about it, that's kind of a total L move, right? To go, right. hey, I, I'm looking at you. Do, like, make your next move. That's a total L move. We've seen him do that more than once already up to this point. Right. Now, he basically says, like, don't tell anybody about this or we'll will arrest all of you and he then like needs to what does he say you need to like delay the deaths but you need to not draw attention to yourself it's like there's a lot of faith <laughs> that he has in these people that he doesn't know right like yeah. hey evil guy can you do some very intelligent like espionage style acting stuff so i don't know there's there's some stuff that eventually in this series like ricky said you have to go you know what this is the world of Death Note. This is how it works. There's a there's some contrivances. They're telling me a story. I'm cool with that. You you have to be okay with it. It's kind of like what we were talking about with Quest Me this week when we were trying to talk about how things get explained away. And it's just, eh, the Force. But, no, 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 no. The point I was trying to make on Quest Me was I prefer the answer to be, it's the Force. It's fine. No, and I'm, I'm I just... don't like is when they go, it's midichlorians. And that's how oh, you can that... tell how how much somebody is good at the Force. Like, I'm just comparing that's... that this is the same thing. Like, how did he fall from that window to a mattress? Right. Oh, it's Death Note. <laughs> you know, right. how, did, how did he do this and this? Like, oh, it's just Death Note. That's just what happens. And to and act on the exact same instinct that Josh had... If you listen to this week's episode of Open Pike Night, you'll hear me use a phrase, uh, try not to be smarter than the fun. <laughs> and I think that that yes. is something that we have to do when we're watching Death Note, right? Um, I think it's something you have to do when you watch a lot of entertainment. And I think, you know, I know that that probably sounds, however, coming out of my naturally condescending vocal tones. But I think it's something that is helpful for everybody to remember. I, I use it on myself specifically. Like, just remember you're watching a show to enjoy yourself, not necessarily to pick it apart and go, what's wrong with this thing? So it's 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 just a point that I thought worth bringing up. And, and good instincts to plug a thing, Josh. <laughs> Our friend Callie in the chat said, also, 
who goes to super top secret meetings and then just answers a phone call from an unknown number in the middle of the supervillain <laughs> yeah. group? That's kind of a thing. So it's, it's a very adult swim thing to me, though. I feel like they did it in Venture Bros a lot. In like the well, gathering of the eight people in the shadows, someone would answer their phone at some point. I feel well. It is also like to Callie's point. She goes, "I he should have just at least left the room." It's just rude to have a call in the middle of the meeting. But I feel like you you would have to stay there because if you were to stand up and be like, "Okay, I gotta have a I have a private call," they'd be like, "Are you kidding me? We're in the middle of the kiddo meeting." Like <laughs> yeah. you, a cannot have a private call. This right is now and B, meeting. no, you can't just leave the room. Like, the whole purpose of this is shared culpability. Get sit at like, what are you? Are you serious? Like, nobody leaves so, during a murder meeting. What are you talking about? It's yeah, it's it's sort of like a a murdering. It's sort of like a power move to just pick your phone up. Like, even when we're discussing other people's lives, there are phone calls that I have that are important enough to pick up. Like. <laughs> kind of a power move <laughs> kind of a jerk move i don't know it's a th- like what else are you gonna do really, i'm wondering if, if he's kira if he's the one that actually has the book because mm. again a power move where he's like and i need to listen to these peasants squabble about who i'm gonna kill next who's calling me right well and i think that that's kind of the point though is that even even we are still kind of going which like one of these is one of these dudes writing names or are they trading it? Is there some kind of circle uh, story going on here? What are those called? Also, Circular story? Can I just say, story like, go I, around? I really miss Ryuk. <laughs> no, you can't say that. Sorry. <laughs> so, moving... No, I'm kidding. I, I agree with you. Uh, I think I miss Shinigami in general. Like, I, like At this point, I kind of just want to see what Ryuk's up to. Like, if he's just hanging out, wandering the streets alone... Because the guy that has the death note now kind of sucks. And he's like, well, I'm just going to leave you to your own devices. So I'm going to go find me some apples. You know, like Ryuk's big day out. Is that what's going on right now? It has to be. Stealing cars. Can we get a a side story about about Ryuk on his big day out? (laughs) I believe the way that my good friend Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D phrased it was, he's out there just wrecking orchards. (laughs) And... I think I agree with that the most. Like that's got to be what what Rio is up to. He's just drunk on apples. But definitely, just but I totally I don't disagree out. with you at all. I'm like, can we get some non-humans in this supernatural show, please? Like, oh yes, I know there's a notebook of death, but can we please get some demons? Like, I could <laughs> yeah. I could. And Brittany makes a good point. This is what he's doing during this entire couple of months that that passes in these few episodes. He's, he's just... dancing with apples. Like, that's what he's doing. It, this is the time where time is, it's immaterial for Ryuk. Okay, he's, he's <laughs> like just exploring his inner apple. He goes to Phil Chicago. says he goes to See? Chicago. It's very Ferris Bueller. See, I want that. Um, I want. I want him. I wanted a, a picture of him in the red car, or even like a video oh. with with the oh, bow wow. You know. See, I was Ryuk gonna do <laughs> the easiest one. I think would be to put him in front of the painting. And it cuts back and forth between him and the painting. <laughs> as, like, I'm willing to make that meme if you give me the pieces for it, Josh. Give me the pictures of the painting and a still frame of Ryuk, and I will make that meme. I can do it. Um. Wow. Now I'm. There's no way to know where we are in the episode <laughs> now, you guys. I'm sorry. It's. It's. That is it's my bad. Now. I just. I was really curious no. as to. <laughs> 
of where Ryuk was. It's, it's okay. Oh, so we get to this. We get to this. Basically, we get to this uh, realization that L has never stopped thinking that Light is Kira, and Kira is able to pass his powers to other people. So it probably stands to reason that he also still thinks that Misa was the second Kira, right? And I mean, technically, he already said that, and that's why she's still technically in custody. How many right. times do you guys think I could say technically in a single sentence? I bet I could top three. At, at least four. So <laughs> the, we almost get another fight here. <laughs> um, the sound that Chief Yagami makes might be the most anime sound that we've had in the series up to now. Um, Light punches L in the face and L kicks Light in the face at the same time, much as they did previously. And I believe the uh, quote from Chief Yagami is, Gah! (laughs) Not again! That's that's very anime. That's going to hit Josh right in his heart. Um, Our friend Brittany says, it is Rem that he's bothering to come out when he's sick in bed. Yes, I, I... I think that my favorite part of this moment is uh, right after they hit each other and then decide not to, we get a shot of both of them being like, meh, like really upset with the other one. But it's like, <laughs> you guys are like high level ultra villains and detectives. Like, why are you, <laughs> why are you so meh? <laughs> like, um, but we know the answer to that, right? Is because they are both childish and they hate to lose as has been stated. Now, we have reached the point where I ask you gentlemen, is there anything from episode 20 that we have blown past? I'm sure that there is that you would like to discuss. Josh, I think I asked Ricky first last time, so this time I'll ask you first. Is there anything from this episode you'd like to talk about? I just wanted to... I mean, all the different notes and like rules that we're getting, I feel like I'd, I'd, I need to go through all these episodes and go through all the rules again and like take screenshots of them because there's so many... And I keep thinking that these rules are going to pertain to the episode or something's going to happen, but they're all random. They're all just like, this is part of the 200 rules of the Death Note. Enjoy. It does seem that way. Like, and and I don't mean to phrase that like, oh, you haven't noticed the pattern. Um, I haven't noticed I, the I pattern I mean to yet. say, no, I don't think there is one. I, I oh. think it's 100% random. Okay. Um, but the way I phrased it made it seem like I was implying the the, the former... Uh, Ricky D, have you got anything from this episode that you feel we must discuss before we move along? Uh, yeah. First off, L play with his sugar cubes. <laughs> that was uh, there was thing. one point where he had a stack of like eight or nine sugar cubes uh, going straight up from his spoon. Mm-hmm. There was another point where he was just he just kept adding sugar cubes while he was talking, and then at the end of his conversation, we get a shot of his teacup, and it's just heaping with sugar cubes. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the scene where he's like stacking them on his spoon. Were those marshmallows that he mm-hmm. was stacking, or were those sugar cubes? Maybe. Well, and he—I mean, either way, it was pretty impressive. But yeah. he, uh, like, we think he's like mindlessly still adding them, and he's just going like, "No, this isn't—I'm demonstrating an exercise in futility to you." While I explain to you why I can no longer work with you people, right? Uh, our friend Callie, I just—I simply must point this comment out. She says. They are childish. First time I watched the anime, I absolutely thought Elle and Light were going to get together right before they started fighting. Uh, I think that is a reading that has been common 
uh, throughout the years of Death Note. And I would imagine that the fan fiction community supports that reading wholeheartedly. Or whole, you know what, let's just stick with wholeheartedly. Yeah. Um, Josh, is there anything else from episode 20 you'd like to talk about, my friend? So the the And then we'll go back to Ricky. The very end when they're jumping around and like being best friends Mm -hmm. was kind of interesting to me. Um, and, and L was so reluctant about it. He's like, yay, friends, I guess. Well, my favorite part of that is the, is the tone in Misa's voice. Like she gets so excited when she sees light and then she goes, all right, you're changed to the guy, (laughs) which is like, (laughs) which is kind of how the rest of the team has just felt the opposite, right? Where they're like, okay, well, I guess, if that means you gotta go, you gotta go. And he's like, "All right, cool. I'm also taking the other super genius with me." And they're like, "Ah, oh, right. That's gonna make our team way less effective." <laughs> like, right. You guys should at least split up. <laughs> I think. Um, Ricky, what did you have for the end of this episode? Yeah, I was thinking about that same final scene where L and Light go into uh, Misa's room. L is kind of treating Misa like an animal or a. Uh, a dousing rod is what I wrote down. He's like, <laughs> you, you love light. Yes. Yeah. But you also, you love Kira. Who do you love more? And he's like, he's using her instincts for love to confirm that light is Kira. Mm-hmm. He's like, you are one dimensional. Yes. <laughs> and because she's manipulative, she goes, uh-huh. <laughs> and he goes, Okay. Which direction does that line that you are point? And she's like, oh, yeah, just yeah. wherever, you know. And But that's a good point. He Now, I think it actually goes with something I said earlier, which is that he's just as manipulative and arguably as sociopathic as Light because he knows full well what he's doing, right? Like, he's definitely just manipulating Misa to get what he needs from her, you know, be it confirmation of her feelings of Light or... He needs her to slip up in some way or, you know, something. You can tell that he's manipulating her because he goes in here, she's upset to see him, and then he manages to phrase things in a way. He goes, ah, yes, you're the, I believe that Misa is the perfect woman for light. And she's like, oh, wow, I really love you. I'm so sorry that I misjudged you and all this stuff. And it's like, he didn't say you guys are a great match or you're a cute couple. He said, Misa Amane which in his head is an object, <laughs> is a perfect match for Light Yagami, which in his head is an suspect, right? Like, he's going, this suspect has this accessory, and you are that accessory. And it is a little bit manipulative, but it is also charming enough to feel, I don't know if realistic is the word, it feels realistic enough to, to the way that people act, I think. Um, excellent, excellent point, Ricky D. Now, I will ask you guys one more time. Is there anything from either episode 19 or 20, Matsuda or Makeshift, that you feel we must discuss before we get to this week's weekly segments? I got nothing. Ricky D? I'm good to go. All right. Callie needs to go look for fanfic for no particular reason. So, Josh, if you wouldn't mind, bring up our first bumper for the week, which, of course, is Shot of the Show. 
shot of the show. As you know, if you've been here before and you don't, if you haven't, is where we share our favorite visual moments from this week's pair of Death Note episodes, those moments that now live rent-free in our heads. Because I'm feeling generous, Josh, why don't you go first this week and share with us your first pick for shot of the show? Okay, so mine was this one because it's funny. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's just a and it's an it's another one of those another one of those shots where I'm like God I I kind of want an episode of them just being construction workers and yelling at each other the whole time. You know, get that sledgehammer over here. <laughs> <laughs> L fully commits. He's got his whole outfit. He's got his silly little hat on. Yeah, like he's not just along for a ride. He is there to play paramedic. And it's it's yeah. I was. I was gonna say they're paramedics. I don't think they're construction workers. Well, I but. yes, but but it looks like they're construction. Those hats look like go, construction look, worker hats. I see a hard hat. I go construction worker. That's all yeah. there is to it, man. That's <laughs> that is. I mean, am I am I wrong? <laughs> are you gonna yes? Are you gonna comment on their little logo there? The honeycombs? Those, no, the triforces. Yeah, you know I it's funny because I just I noticed that, that actually that it's a triforce. <laughs> I thought it was a honeycomb. Oh. But yeah. uh now that you say now that I'm looking at it like up close, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. That's a lot of that's a lot of triforces for sure. I think <laughs> I think subconsciously you chose this because of those and you're just now finding out about it. So it's thank it's you gotta be. everyone for coming on that journey with us live here at Sudden But Inevitable. <laughs> and the the whole Callie brings up a good point. <laughs> We're understaffed and I don't like it. Like He's pretty much speaking for everyone in 2022 right now. <laughs> right. Well, clearly the Kita Task Force just doesn't pay its workers a livable wage, so that's on them, and I don't Obviously. feel bad. Yeah. Yeah. If they can, they can pay detectives ten million dollars to do whatever it is they do. I'm sure they can raise the wages of their workers. But L won't tell you when he got out, you know, a life insurance policy on you and everyone you ever met, just in case you lose your job. Anyway, he's gonna make that money. <laughs> Ricky D, my friend, go ahead and talk about your first pick this week. Josh, bring it up, please. Yeah, I also went for one that I thought was kind of funny. Uh, this is the entire Suzuki group, and they are just walking into Misa's apartment, and they've all got their fuzzy pink slippers on. And they're staring at, uh, we can't see her Sailor Moon buddies, but if you were able to kind of flip the camera 180 degrees, they'd all be walking into this room and leering at all of these girls in their, uh, you know, tank tops and skirts and all of that fun stuff they're about to get themselves into. (laughs) Can't go wrong with this. They're about to go to a Uh, model party. I don't want to talk about what happens at like parties with a bunch of models, but these guys are about to party. In pink You've slippers. You've been to a lot of parties with a lot of models, Josh. No. With pink slippers on and a okay. I No, I just, but the way that you said that was like, okay, here, this is like I thought maybe I didn't I mean I didn't mean to call you out. I'm sorry. Let's just move on. I've been to let's, some let's, parties that were pretty <laughs> in- insane that I don't want to I get spent into, a lot of time but... in the grotto <laughs> when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do you know that word, Ricky? Probably from Zelda, just like Josh. And it comes full circle. All right. Josh, if you don't mind, please bring up my first pick for Shot of the Show this week. It's Link. So as we discussed earlier, this is Link, who is the main character from The Legend of Zelda, not Zelda, as is commonly misconceived. 
This is actually Matsuda in gold, I believe, is how I put it in our show notes. This was the moment that I was talking about where he gets his uh, main character lighting, his main character co- color palette. I I have to just assume this is meant to be like pure neutral goodness in his color, right? Because we have L in blue and light in red. So this is just sort of to balance those two, right? This is somewhere in between those colors. It's not, it's not, I, I don't know. It, it, it's, it, it, you can tell that it's not quite at the same intensity as light and L. I don't know how, but for me, there's something about this that's just like, and now it's Matsuda's turn to be in Death Note, right? Like, well, it just feels like kind of temporary for something. I don't know. Go ahead, Josh. It's, I mean, it's funny that it, that it's, Yellow, because according to Google, the color yellow means it's the color of happiness and optimism. Um, also, sunshine and spring. So, like, that's he's all about that. He's all optimistic. Right. Uh, I think Callie nailed it. It represents the, his golden retriever energy. <laughs> that, there um, you go. That's so sunshine that's, and that's rainbows. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and very much like a, oh, a lead? I'll go get the lead. Where's the lead? Like, <laughs> yeah. I'll find the bad guys. Let me at him. I I really like that. His golden retriever energy is represented by his anime aura. Josh, if you don't mind, bring up uh, your second selection for shot of the show this week and okay. walk us through it. Look, so I might have cheated a little bit. I might have chose two, but the first one is this one because it's the it's the one time we get to see Ryuk <laughs> because like you know it's he's chasing his apples. And the second Look, one is his apple has like is, a thong on it. <laughs> it does. But I picked two shots from the opening the, from the credits yeah. because it's new credits. We haven't seen these yet. And they're really cool. Like this one looks like uh, Elle is in Alice in Wonderland. He's just eating whatever's mm-hmm. making him trip face and drinking the tea and and just having a good old time there and and the other one with with ryuk it's you know that whole scene he's just chasing after this apple which it was good to see him basically this is the only time we've seen him in in a long time <laughs> in like a new Man, that, setting i guess that ryuk shot really makes me want to play sonic the hedgehog kind of right background, <laughs> background reminds me of the special bonus levels uh but your yeah. second shot there i think really emphasizes what we end up finding out about L in the second episode, which is that he is really feeling isolated and he feels yeah. like, okay, it's it's gonna have to just be me. Like if I'm gonna if I'm gonna be doing this, I'm just gonna have to sit in my chair and spin thoughts in my head or, you know, swivel in my chair. And there's no and one in the couches behind him. Yeah. Like he's definitely... I need to just figure this out on my own. It's one now, of those circle shots that it's it's like a disorienting like a shot. Yeah, the fish mm-hmm. islands that that's like disorienting that you're kind of like oh my god what's going on and i feel like that's happening in l's head right now well and callie brings up a great parallel here she says l is cryptic all-knowing caterpillar in wonderland and light is confused and unknowing alice i don't remember the part where alice takes revenge on all of the playing cards and the white rabbit uh, you don't remember that you don't remember when she just went crazy 
<laughs> uh, just just throwing it out there. It could have happened. I just didn't remember it. It was like it was like that scene from The me. Matrix when they're going through and all the walls are exploding around them, and it's just that that type music. She's <laughs> saying that that's how light is because he can't remember, and that is fair. That I will give you. <laughs> I was a little bit confused there, but I really like that pic, Josh. It's a very anime frame to me. Like it is very it colorful, is. especially yeah. in a series that's got a lot of muted tones. Probably yeah. one of the more colorful parts of the whole show is the intro, so I really like that. Um, Callie D is stuck on a fanfic uh, trip, you guys. She just can't get out of the fanfic void she <laughs> has fallen into. Josh, sorry, if you don't sorry mind, about that bring rabbit up, hole. <laughs> it's all right. Bring up Ricky D's second pick for shot of the show this week, and Ricky, walk us through it. Yeah, this is uh, Light and L are in the same room. Uh, they're talking about the Fujitsu Corporation and how they're going to stop them. But uh, what I really wanted to focus on was the shirt and the coloring. Mm. Uh, Light is wearing this red shirt. Red has always been his color. But also the entire room is bathed in blue light, which shows that L is really the one in charge of this situation. And this kind of theme with the red shirt being kind of toned down by the blue light was very evident through this entire scene. Like almost every shot that was in this room really had this color theme going on. Yeah. That's an excellent, excellent reading of this scene. And it's like a fox in the hen house, right? Like mm. here's him blatantly just wearing his like, I'm Kita shirt, like metaphorically. Mm-hmm. But because he is in this sanctuary, it's just not raising alarms the way that it should be for anyone except for the person who's like, I'm going to dress you in red while you're living in my tower. <laughs> like, did he pick out everyone's wardrobe? Come on. I have some questions. All right, I Josh. Would if, it, if I was letting my tower, my rules, you wear what I give you. <laughs> um, note to self, never, ever stay at Josh's house for any you length of time. You wear my pink time. slippers. You wear my so, red shirt. <laughs> With that, please bring up my second selection for a shot of the show this week, if you don't mind, Josh. Okay. <laughs> First of all, you're all very welcome. Look at my toesies. L- look at Elle's little toesies. Aren't <laughs> those just super cute? Um, He's ready to put them to work. They're also a little terrifying. They're <laughs> yeah. they're kind of broken. Definitely the toes of a of a shut in, right? Like. Yeah. These toes do not touch grass frequently. They're they're more of an artificial surface kind of feet. Um, but it is this is the same as any other character having their their arms up like ready to box somebody, right? Mm-hmm. Because L is uh, weird. <laughs> so, and we've seen him. We saw him when he was fighting earlier. He fought with his feet and kicks, as opposed to the punches that that Light was throwing, which is another difference between them. Right? They have similar reaches, but different methods. Um, and in the back, of course, we have the all important tea kettle and and what would that be? Cream kettle? What are you? Cream uh, saucer? Cream uh, cup? I, I Sugar dish? <laughs> <laughs> I I mean. He uses it for tea. Uh, Callie says, look at that pout, and boy, is he pouting. I mean, his face is pouting in general, but yeah, that <laughs> lip is pushed out. That bottom lip is, oop, say it. <laughs> and our friend 
Brittany says, I cringed when he put his foot on Light's face. I think it was meant to indicate, like, he kicked him right as he was getting punched, but the way it was animated definitely looks like he just, like, rested the largest part of his foot on Light's face. <laughs> like, Very good reflexes. Here you go, now I'm touching sure. your face with my foot. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, that was, that was strange. Yeah. All right, gentlemen. That's the end of that segment, which means it is the start of the next segment, which, of course, is called Death Quote. Death Quote is the audio counterpart to Shot of the Show, where we share our favorite moments of dialogue from this week's pair of episodes. Let's go ahead and stick with the rotation we have. Josh, you go first, and then we'll go Ricky, and I will go last. Wow, I am so drunk. Hi, everyone. Everyone having fun? Good. That's great. Me. Hashtag me at any one of my birthday parties. uh, (laughs) Yes. And I sort of take it back. The asking a question with a dumb, obvious answer that you immediately answer yourself is totally a drunk person thing to do. Like... Hey, everybody having a good time? Cool. Cool. I actually don't care, but... you And you know, like, it's a party. They're fine. They're at a party. They're they're at least party-level happy, and it's fine. So I I think I think that that was a good pick, Josh, and it's it's okay. And we we love Matsu, so we're we're okay with it. Give me Ricky D's first pick, if you don't mind, my friend. You will have to die before they can kill you. What? I want you to listen to me very carefully. Yeah, this is the shot pretty much right before Josh's. Uh, he is on the phone with L. He's like, all right, I, I'm i with the uh, Hitachi family. They have me trapped up here in this tower. How are we going to get me out of here? Josh, just play that one again. Everybody in the in the live chat, pay attention to the toilet in this bathroom. You will have to die before they can kill you. What? I want you to listen to me very carefully. Good God. That is like a toilet more advanced than any toilet in any home I have ever lived in I think in my massive. life. And this takes place in 2007. That was like the OG like, bidet. I mean, it's got buttons. It's got a control panel. Go ahead, Ricky. Is there any world where L wouldn't put the fanciest toilets in his mega <laughs> prison tower? Spared no expense. Touche. Yeah. Touche. That is a uh, no bidet. Is it's pronounced bidet, Josh? Isn't that what I said? Uh, I think you. Uh, you said touche. Oh. It wasn't a good joke, but you did totally miss it. Um, <laughs> let's just go ahead and transition into my first pick, if you don't mind. We're going to investigate Yotsuba to determine who holds Kira's power, and if there is more than one person who possesses this ability. We need a clear understanding quickly. You know, as opposed to a normal investigation where you're like, I'll take a muddled understanding over a long period of time. I'd be totally fine with that. <laughs> uh, like, obviously, but he's what he's trying to indicate is that he is afraid that this power can pass from person to person really quickly. And that could be a bad, dangerous, nasty thing. Um, really quickly, our friend Brittany mentions about the toilet from the last clip. It probably talks to you while you do your business. Fancy. I 
saw a great episode of the American television show Bob's Burgers about a talking toilet that I really enjoyed. I haven't seen <laughs> much of that show, <laughs> but that one was pretty funny. So, um, I but yes, I I love this moment because partially because it shows yes that you know we're all sort of setting up a new or new pieces on our our board game here, but L knows what's up. He's already got a plan. He he's going to be okay. You know, he's figured out at least enough to go. Here's how we should operate from here. So that's why I picked this one. Josh, give us your second selection from this week. Do you think that I'm actually capable of becoming a murderer, Kira? Even after I help you catch him, do I seem like that kind of person to you? Yes, you do. I've always thought so. (gasps) Not again. (laughs) So that there's so much going on. I could not pick one single (laughs) section of that. So I picked the whole like 30 seconds because it's the it's it's wonderful. There's a lot in there with light. Seriously, like he he has no idea that he was Kira before, and so he's really, really, really trying hard to convince Elle that he's not Kira. And then the the sweet camera spin around that happens that zooms in on Elle's eye, and he responds, "Yeah, I do." And then like and and with the timpani in the background, that like like that that music in the background that's like very what early 70s like late 60s fuck it like weenie kind of thing high (laughs) high melodrama sting yeah yeah yeah. and then and then at the very end uh, oh not again that there's so much going on there that that it all made me laugh really and this was the moment when callie in our chat went and now kiss All right, Josh, give me Ricky D's second pick for the week. Give me some money. Tell me, do you love light from the bottom of your heart? Huh? Uh, Yeah. So I already was talking about this earlier, but he's he's just realizing that Misa is basically an object. She has a one-track mind, like Jesse was saying, and he's going to to use that one-track mind information to figure out, is light Kira? Am I correct about all of this? And evidence is leading that says yes. I really like that this scene actually starts with, I think, uh, Misa putting her very long socks on because her legs are up in the air and that immediately shifts to her sitting on the couch. Um, But yes, to Ricky's point, this is a... (laughs) Phil says, I thought you were going to say just like Jesse and then just leave it at that. I got to be honest, I thought he was going to do that too. (laughs) But you don't know. I mean, maybe that was his plan and he altered it as he was coming up on it. Um, But I really like that pick. And as we talked about, it does sort of, I mean, it. I think it paints L in a, not negative light maybe, but kind of harsh light. I don't know what the word is. A fair light. A a, a fair light, I think. Uh, Josh, if you don't mind, please bring up my final selection for Death Quote. Light! I didn't know we were supposed to have a date. Oh, right, I should have known. <laughs> so it's from that same scene, of course, but I just love the tone shift there from Misa. Uh, for me, her drastic tonal shifts are part of what indicates how intelligent she is because it is parallel with the same uh, behavior that we get in L. 
Right, so L will call and go, hey, Matsuda, like, do you need to do this thing? And then he'll go, Matsuda's saying he's in trouble. Here's what we need to do. <laughs> so it's like he's able to switch between different character voices and tones really quickly if necessary, right? And this is a nice demonstration that Misa is intelligent enough to do the same thing. She's like, oh, my God, my boyfriend. Oh, yeah, the guy that he's chained to. Forgot about that. And we actually get one more shift from her when L convinces her that he thinks she's right for light by the end of this scene, which I think is just wonderful and i really really like the subtlety of that moment there and you know just kind of their whole relationship is fun like she's way too bubbly for a show called death note and i love that (laughs) all right josh please give me our final segment introduction for the week please Here at Sudden But Inevitable, when we are rating our episodes, we this season have decided to give a single number to the week's pair, specifically so that I don't have to do as much math. So, in a sudden twist, let's have Ricky D give me his rating, and then we'll get Josh's rating. Ricky, go ahead. I'm going to give it a 7. I definitely am still enjoying it. The last episode we did, I think I gave it 8 or an 8.5. So, I'm going down a little bit. The second episode, Makeshift was not quite as exciting but ultimately it's still doing very good quality and it's keeping me on the hook i'm ready for more josh what do you got oh man i'm going six this week actually i just wasn't as i don't know i i still enjoyed it but it wasn't wasn't the best for me i guess i i mean honestly the best part of of this week's episodes was the new theme song i listened to it like a couple times because it's a, it's a badass song. <laughs> I do really like the second theme song and I'm now I'm kind of tempted to make a new one with you guys, but <laughs> it's a lot of work and we generally do one per season. So maybe we'll just leave it. Um, unfortunately, and in a way that makes me deeply upset for so many reasons, I'm going to agree with Josh actually and give these episodes <laughs> a six for this week because it is, I mean, there. we have said before that Death Note is having this rubber banding up and down tension roller coaster sort of a thing, right? So I think that you sometimes it happens where a pair of episodes that we watch are super tense, and then the next week our pair of episodes are both kind of not tense. Not bad, just not as tense. This week, I think it was split, right? So our first episode is very tense, and our second episode is kind of like, this is sort of one of the fun ones, right? And any more, anything that's not put you in the back of a car and threatened to shoot you in the face in front of everyone you know is like a high bar to hit <laughs> for for episode tension, right? So any episode that doesn't have that is gonna be is gonna feel a little different for us. Um, so that. I believe gives us a 6.3 out of 10, which is fairly low, fairly low for us here at sudden, but inevitable. Um, Still better than average TV. This is still, I I think anything over a five is something that I would watch if I saw it on a, on a TV station, right? Like, Mm -hmm. Oh, the thing is on, I'll leave this on this station. Um, But it has moments for me that are huge and that I love it's just that as a whole, there is not a ton of... Oh, Callie is upset with me in the chat. I should have seen that coming. I saw that. Um, there is not a ton of advancement in these two episodes, and there is a lot of just 
kind of explaining things and I am not here to fault Death Note for explaining things because usually I'm like four steps behind it and I could use a good explainer. But these two episodes aren't so far ahead of me that I'm like, whoa, what just happened? Right. Like, I feel like because we were already in on the Yotsuba story. um, Well done, by the way, Ricky D. I don't know if you wrote all those alternatives down or if you were doing those on the fly, but I appreciated that deeply. Um, We don't. (laughs) I I, I was thinking so. we are ahead of the of the story in some ways for these two episodes and that is not where i prefer to be for death note i'm not going to say these are bad episodes like i said they're still i think anything above a 5 is good tv honestly um i also generally don't watch shows with you guys for sudden but inevitable that i think you will not like and that i think are low quality right the point of this show as I said at the beginning, is to turn longtime friends into first-time fans. I want to show you the things that I like because I think you can like them if you watch them with the right mindset. And I'm not saying the right mindset is me going, like this thing. But, you know, like Ricky D does, he goes into a thing going, here are my resistances, here are my criteria for quality. If those criteria are present, I'm willing to give it a shot, right? That's how people should watch TV. So... I just, and I will agree with our friend Phil in the chat, maybe we should start calling you Brilliant Ricky, because that was brilliant, Ricky. Gentlemen, I don't have much else to talk about this week other than to say thank you to the aforementioned Phil in the chat, Callie in the chat, Rona in the chat, Brittany in the chat, our friend Angelus was here in the chat for a while, some, oh, that's Ricky in the chat. Um <laughs> I just I I thank you all for being here with us every week. And also those of you out there listening in podcast land, if you are in podcast land and you would like to be here live and be in the chat and get your name called out and be part of the conversation, go to YouTube.com slash twist my arm podcast every Friday night at 835 p.m. Mountain Time and you will see us blow us up and you know, be part of the conversation. Watch Death Note with us. Go back and listen to us talk about Firefly or Cowboy Bebop or any of the movies that we did. Maybe get started on our 18-year-long series covering Freaks and Geeks for Ricky D's birthday once per year. Our annual episode for that is coming up. Not soon, but it's coming up. (laughs) Speaking of, gentlemen, I don't have anything else to add about Death Note, but I would like to hear if you guys have anything that you want the good folks out there to hear about. Josh, let's start with you. So, of course, I mean, Quest Me just ended this last week. Uh, season four just ended for Kenobi. Jesse was a part of that season finale, as we talked about earlier. Um, that episode's going to be up tomorrow, Saturday, I believe. So by the time this episode airs, it will be ready to go if you just search Quest Me on any of your podcast listening devices um you can find us there you can also find us on twitter at quest me tma and at tma podcast Twi- mm, twist my arm cast it's right on the screen Ugh, dude <laughs> there's too many things to to pay attention to at, at this moment um i am really excited though for the next season of quest me um it's going to be a lot different than what we normally do um, we're branching away from uh, TV and movies and actually going into books with our good friend Phil. So um, we're going to be talking some Star Wars books um, for kind of our in-betweener season, I guess you would say. Um, but be on the lookout for that. 
and other than that, I don't I don't really have a lot else going on. Marvel Can of Madness will be back at some point in time, but we're all just kind of really fatigued with uh with a lot of these shows coming out. So I think you guys should come back to cover the four, as I like to call it. Oh, we're definitely going to do Thor, but we're not doing Miss Marvel, really. I think we're going to do it in spurts. Like we're going to, even if we do one, <laughs> one or two, Jumps it's probably just going to be the end, and we'll watch the whole series and do a big recap. Mm. But yeah, Ricky D, my friend, is there anything that you would like the good folks out there to know about you or get more of in their ears from you this week? No, for now, I'm just hanging out here on Sudden But Inevitable every Friday night. Uh, like I always promise, I've got plans for uh, things in the future. I just need to kind of patch them together. But, uh, you know, there's there's more comedy coming from me. Definitely promise. Yes. There is always more comedy coming from Ricky D, if I may. And I think that our audience knows that because they are very supportive and they are very loyal. I will say, if you haven't, go listen to the most recent episode of Open Pike Night. My friend Josh was a guest, and we talked about Season 1, Episode 8 of Star Trek Strange New Worlds. And I gotta tell you, it was great to have you on the show, Josh. And I so much fun. am getting really upset that Season 1 of Strange New Worlds is almost over. Um, I just watched Episode 9 this week, which means there's only one left, so I'm... I'm tore up a little bit, but if you have any interest in Star Trek, go check out Open Pike Night, listen to Open Pike Night, watch Star Trek Strange New Worlds, record 90 seconds or fewer of audio about your thoughts on that episode, and send them to openpike at gmail.com to get on the stage. It's an open mic style show, and we couldn't make it without you. Other than that, of course, you can follow that show on Twitter at OpenPike, and you can sign up for our free weekly newsletter there. It just reminds you to send your contribution. That's all that it does. Of course, if you'd like more of me on this show, you can follow this show on Twitter at SuddenButt, or you can follow us on Instagram at SuddenButInevitablePodcast. And again, as I've said more than once, you can watch and listen live every Friday night at 8.35 p.m. Mountain Time gentlemen i think that is going to be it for us here on the screen let's sign off let's start with ricky then we'll go josh and i'll go last so for sudden but inevitable this has been my friend brilliant ricky d i'm josh thank you again to everybody for being here josh play that really beautiful outro video thank you for listening to sudden but inevitable follow us on twitter at sudden but Find us on Instagram at Sudden But Inevitable Podcast. To get everything all in one place, go to twistmyarm.net slash SBI. And join the show live in the chat at youtube.com slash twistmyarmpodcast. Sudden But Inevitable is a Twist My Arm podcast. The views and opinions expressed on this show are held solely by those speaking them.